Welcome to Life Curious Women. I'm your host, Ashley Nadine Lopez, a committed lifelong learner. Between focusing on our wellness, careers, and the values important to us, we can sometimes feel overwhelmed or alone in our purposeful journeys to grow. Each week, we will bring you personal development, inspiration, community, and valuable insights as you continue your journey in becoming the best female leader you can be. Welcome back to Life Curious Women, and welcome to those who are tuning in for the first time. This is episode two of season three. We launched season three last week, and we had the amazing Dr. Dion Terralong, who is a fashion psychologist. We chatted all about how fashion affects your mood, sustainability, and some tips on how to slow down your consumption practices. It's an incredible episode. Go back and listen if you haven't gotten a chance to yet. I want to start off with a huge thank you to everyone who joined us at our launch party last Thursday, November 9th. It was such an amazing evening. I had so much fun. And for those of you who don't know, we hosted a launch party at my friend Madeline's store, Finn Vintage in Brooklyn. It was a private shopping event and everyone got 15% off. They got to shop and try on a bunch of amazing vintage pieces from Madeline's collection and just come together in community. We had past guests there. We had a ton of different women leaders from New York City there. Just being able to come together in community was so wonderful and have some Prosecco, have some snacks, take some pictures. It was just overall an incredible, beautiful experience. And I absolutely loved it. And I'm filled with so much gratitude for everyone who came together to celebrate Life Curious Women. As I mentioned last week, I want this to be a catalyst for the future of Life Curious Women as we grow into a bigger brand and community. The goal of Life Curious Women was always to develop a community for women who are life curious, who are constantly looking for ways to grow and heal and just work on all aspects of themselves as a holistic person. Everything from career to networking to wellness to relationships to money. I want it to be a space where we can all come together to continue to learn together. So I hope you will join me on this beautiful journey with Life Curious Women as we continue to grow the brand. I am excited to have future in-person and online events. And as I mentioned last week, we are launching something super exciting. We are officially launching a Life Curious Women membership. This membership is going to have many layers to it, but we are starting off as a co-working and accountability group. So this is something that has been on my heart for so long, and I'm just super excited to finally start rolling it out. What this will look like is going to be a group of women that are like-minded, who are life-curious, who are working on different things, coming together weekly, hosted by me. And it's just an opportunity to work on things for work, things for your side hustle, things for your work search, things for yourself personally, if there is something that you have been meaning to stay consistent about and it's been very difficult, why not find a space where other women are also needing that and come together in community to hold each other accountable, whether that's working on your journaling practice or maybe it's not being able to stay consistent with meditation, things like that. I'm excited to 
finally be launching this membership and creating this community little by little. In addition to our co-working and accountability group that will be meeting weekly, you will have a Geneva group that's included in your membership. A Geneva group is sort of like a more advanced Facebook group or a WhatsApp, um, kind of like a Discord channel where you will have access to every single member together in one space talking about different topics. There will be different sections of the Geneva group regarding money, relationship, New York City events, career opportunities. It will really be a space to lean on women who are also working on all aspects of their lives. And I'm just super pumped to get this started. I will be sharing tons of more information in the next couple of weeks. If you are interested in joining our membership and feel as though something is missing, you're not able to consistently apply to new jobs, you're not able to sit down and get that extra work done for the new podcast that you want to launch, or maybe you want to start a blog, or maybe you have a business idea that you want to develop. Or maybe you want to sit down and journal every week. Whatever that may be, if you feel like you are struggling to consistently do that, why not join a community where we are all doing that together, where we can support each other and hold each other accountable? This is something that I know I really, really need in my life. And I know I do better when I'm held accountable. I know I do better when I am in community with people who are driven and excited about things in their lives. So if you are interested in this, make sure to stay connected with us. The best way to stay connected is through our newsletter. If you are not signed up, we have a link in our bio that you can easily access and sign up with your email. Not only will we be sharing our weekly episodes through that newsletter, but we will also be sharing new information about the membership and future events that are hosted by Life Curious Women. If you're interested, if you have any questions, slide into my DMs at Ashley Nadine Lopez and let me know any of your questions that you may have about this membership that's coming out soon. All right, let's get into this week's episode. I am so excited to be introducing our guest for this week. This week, we have Desiree Verdejo, who is the founder of Hyperskin, a multicultural clinical skincare brand rooted in joy. Hyperskin provides solutions for the underdressed skincare concerns affecting those with deeper skin tones, starting with hyperpigmentation. Desiree practiced law for seven years and jumped off the corporate ladder to pursue her passion for beauty. She had chronic acne since she was a teenager and was always obsessed with skincare and the connection between healthy skin and joy. In 2015, Desiree launched her first startup, a beauty marketplace featuring BIPOC-owned hair care, skincare, and cosmetic brands. Her lifelong interest in skincare and the unmet needs of the community that she engaged with in this boutique inspired her to create HyperSkin in December 2019. And Hyper just launched in Sephora stores across the United States in 2022. I was extremely excited when Desiree agreed to come onto Life Curious Women because I had been following the brand for some time and I was so impressed by her story. And when you listen to this episode, you'll understand why. We dive into so many incredible things in this episode 
We talk about how she laid the foundation to take that leap into entrepreneurship. We talk about how she was always interested in beauty, but how she never really saw it as a career. After her initial start with her first startup, there were tons of green beauty brands that were BIPOC owned and really great, but she wanted something that was going to be clinical, that was going to be effective, while also still being safe products. She worked with chemists that were excited about focusing the product formulas for darker skin tones. And we talk about how her business has grown from launching in 2020 to now being sold across the United States in Sephora. She even shares some exciting news about a docu-series that she did through Sephora streaming on Peacock this November 15th, all about Latina beauty brands, and Hyperskin is at the center of one of the episodes. So make sure to tune in to that. There are so many amazing advice and things to learn from this episode I am just so grateful that we got a chance to share her journey and that you're going to get to listen to this right now. (laughs) So I hope you enjoy. Take a listen. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to share a little bit of insight on what I've been focusing on in the past couple of months. I have been extremely focused on my physical well-being, and that includes everything from working out, to eating healthy, to drinking more water, and most importantly, to adding supplements that really support my well-being on the inside and the out. And after doing some research, there is so much science that points to really taking care of your gut. So I was super excited when I came across Ritual's 3-in-1 formula that is a prebiotic, a probiotic, and a postbiotic. I really wanted something that was going to be science-backed, traceable ingredients, and that would help my gut really flourish. What I love about Ritual is that it's women-founded and that they are so transparent about what goes into all of their research and all of the ingredients for each and every single one of their vitamins and supplements. They have everything from a multivitamin to gut health to skin, sleep, protein, pregnancy, pretty much everything that you need. If you want to get $15 off your first purchase, follow the link in our show notes. There are ways to bundle different products together and sign up for a subscription so you never have to think about ordering your supplements. Because the best way to continue to stay life curious is to make sure we are taking care of our bodies and ourselves first. All right, let's get back to the episode. Hello, Desiree. Welcome to Life Curious Women. I'm super, super pumped to talk to you today. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited to chat with you too. Okay, so I was super excited when you agreed to come on because I've been following Hyperskin for a while now. And I I mentioned it in my outreach to you, but I got like a little sample. And that's when I first discovered you guys. And then I was like using it because it's easy to travel, like travel back and forth with. And I was like, oh my God, I love this stuff. And then here we are. (laughs) And so thank you for joining me. I like to start things off kind of talking a little bit about who you are as a person. I will do a bio intro before all of this on the episode. So I'd love to just hear like who you are as a person in your words. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, you know what? I think we always, especially in this context, we're always talking about business. So I think I'll start by saying I'm a New Yorker. I am a Black woman. I'm Black and Puerto Rican, uh, New Yorkan. Me too, girl. I am, um, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Okay. I didn't know. I was like, it's going to come yes. up. I'll ask her. Um, let me sit down. I am a mother. I have two children, a very like family-centered person, two children and a husband. Um, so a big part of my life is balancing, you know, building a brand I'm very passionate about with like really being like engaged at home yeah. when I'm at home. Um, so yeah, those are like the big headlines. And then of course I'm the founder of of Hyperskin, um, a multicultural clinical skin. Yes, brand. yes, that's that's yeah. so wonderful. I would love to dive in more into that balance later on. But I wanna I wanna start like let's let's bring it back because your story and sort of like, you know, the way you went from one thing to the other is like one of my favorite things to dive into because I think it's really difficult to do and it can be scary. So I want to bring it back because you practiced law for six years before transitioning mm -hmm. more into the like beauty skincare space. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Tell us about like that transition and sort of like what, what sparked that change to go from something so, you know, secure to move into something that you were yeah. more passionate about? Yeah. So I did, I practiced law, big law firm in New York city for seven years. So I think everyone knows sort of the story of what that kind of environment is like, you know, it's, it's not, it's very true. The 60 hour to 80 hour work weeks, you know, you're in the office in your suits, FaceTime is important. Um, billing hours are important. And it's a very like go, go, go environment where you get rewarded for, for doing more and, um, it's definitely not about work-life balance, or at least it wasn't. I'm, I've been out of the practice of law now for just as long as mm -hmm. I was a lawyer. So I am hopeful that it's changing. I'll let people speak to how it is today. But my experience was just a very go-go-go environment. I also graduated law school into um, a recession, mm -hmm. um, like the 2008 recession. And so it also created an environment where people that were working we're so sort of grateful and scared to like slip, you know, so we just worked even more aggressively. So we certainly were the, the generation that was sort of making the work-life balance change because we were just so grateful <laughs> to be working at Lehman Brothers and all of these major um, financial institutions were crashing and jobs were not as available. So yeah, I worked in that environment as a corporate attorney, um, as a finance attorney, for seven years, and I just, I just never found my place. I didn't find my voice. I didn't love it. I wasn't passionate about it. I think I did a good job because, you know, I was grateful for the opportunity, and um, I'd worked very hard to get there, and I respected the people around me, and and wanted their respect in return. And so, I think I built a great like reputation and and built like great. Um, tools and skills, but it just, I, it never clicked. And I always, um, I was always dreaming of and thinking about what an ideal career yeah. would look like. Um, even though I, there were so many years when I would have never taken the leap because, um, you know, I was, I was very grateful for being in, in that environment and having, you know, the title, the lifestyle, all of the things that were associated with it. And I was, you know, saving and, and trying to figure out the next right. steps 
for me, for a few years, you know, I think people think, oh, you switched gears. Did you just say I'm fed up? Right. You just left? No, certainly didn't. You know, I think it took me um, a while to be certain of what I wanted to do next. I literally was like, the plan was completely built for my, for my next business. Like I was, it was like, if you ever see people sort of given their notice and then they start a new job the next Monday, it that is how I was with yeah. starting a business. I was every way ready to go and had saved and had sort of to the people where I felt comfortable. I had built the relationships where I, they kind of knew I would be transitioning. And so I didn't leave anyone hanging, you know, maybe some, some uppers that I didn't have that sort of personal relationship with, but um, people closer to me who would have taken on the load. Like I made sure like no bridges were burnt, never burn yeah. a bridge. Like um, the world is so <laughs> small. Um, and so yeah, so that is one thing. Um, my boss who I practice law under, I still am like, you know, liking his images on Instagram. We are still supporting her. So, um, so yeah, just kind of made sure everything was was prepared. It was a couple of years of a process before I switched gears yeah. to beauty. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all for following your passion, but like, just be really. I've learned and have benefited from being really like slow and, and mindful of. Yeah, that. absolutely, and it's and it and it worked yeah. so far. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a testament to, right so far exactly yeah yeah so okay so you so yeah. were you always interested in the beauty industry or was it something that kind of came about later on I was always interested in beauty um but I hadn't seen it as like mm -hmm. a career I was just like oh I'm a beauty girl but I also am of a family of women that are very into mm. beauty, right? So I had this, you know, view that like, that's normal. Like you're into beauty. Um, for me, it's always been skincare. I also had very chronic acne um, since I was a teenager. So that caused me to deep dive heavily, which is my personality type, heavily into um, learning more about skincare and and managing acne and, and um, you know, then, you know, dark spots and things of that nature. And so I'd always sort of had that information. And then, you know, in my college years when I discovered Sephora and makeup, um, that was another interest of mine, although skincare has always been at the lead. Um, so yeah, I've always been interested in beauty, but I think, um, and like the, now I can't, I don't want to say the wrong year, but say yeah. 2015, I, there was this huge rise and it may have been a year sooner or, or what have you, but, um, of natural hair care brands. And I had been, you know, gone natural. And so just in discovering my own um, regimen, I discovered all of these, like, at the time, small brands, newly launched, um, Black woman-owned, Latina woman-owned brands. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is an interesting yeah. space. And it was the first time I, I realized, like, this is, th there's potential here. Um, so I was a practicing attorney, but I started this blog, like no one read the <laughs> blog, but I used it as a reason to like, as a way to kind of study mm. the space and I events and like meet some of the founders and meet some of the hair bloggers, some of whom are still killing it in the space. But it was, at, you know, I think for, there were years when I just considered it right a hobby like a passing interest um but i was very much motivated by you know what today is like meal organics yeah. you know what i mean or yeah. like this brand that just launched and this like very niche space 
And now like 10 years later, you're like, oh, and now they've sold for an undisclosed nine, mm-hmm. you know, figure yeah. amount. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. That That's great because I feel like I'd like to talk about that next step of diving into, mm-hmm. you know, creating hyper skin. So, you know, from everything I've read, and of course, what we're talking about now is that you always dealt with chronic acne and you found that there was sort of like a gap where you weren't seeing products that were helping women with darker skin tones and things like that. And I just think it's like so cool that you were like, you know what, like, screw it. I'm going to create this for other people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you tell us about that? Can you tell us about sort of like, Tell us about the beginning stages of all of that. So I, my, you know, nothing is linear, right? You always hear people say, and then I did this and it's never really yeah. that smooth. So for me, there was an entire business yes. in between, in between law and hyper. But I realized at the time also, you know, because everything is sort of incur- is, is influenced by the environment you're in. So at the time in skincare that I was wanting and yearning for a hyper skin, I certainly realized there were no no products for for women of color that were really speaking to our issues, centering us and our education and the storytelling mm-hmm. and all of that. And then that just worked. And it was also this very like this environment of green beauty, which I appreciate, you know, but just like we're not using ingredients we can't mm-hmm. pronounce and everything was sort of an oil, or a, you know, exact or et cetera. Plant-based hyper uses a lot of amazing right. plant-based ingredients. So this is not a dig to them. But as someone with acne prone skin, I was like, I want this level of safety and thoughtfulness, but I I need some vitamin C, some kojic acid. I need something that is going to really get rid of these dark spots and turmeric can complement that. And, um, you know, this oil can complement that. And so it was really like resistance to a lot of things that were in the space. I felt like um, a lot of the businesses that were popping up, especially, um, um, black and POC owned were very much in that natural space because that's an easier business to start, right? It's easier to to combine oils and create something very beautiful and effective. It's much harder to find a lot yeah. and 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 create something really results oriented. And so I understood why there was a gap, but I realized like you know there's a customer with a, with a certain type of skincare concern that needs this like clinical, um, you know, but balance yeah. clinical, but safe, um, product. So, so yeah, I, you know, started leaning into creating hyper found the lab because I started another business, um, in the beauty space. I'd had some starting points. There still was a lot of Google going on to figure out like where to get packaging and this and that, but I'd had an introduction to a lab. And so, um, started, started and developing and I'd had some ingredients that I love and they were really excited. They, um, my chemist at the time had never had a project to create, you know, from the perspective of skin of color and censoring that. And there was just this huge enthusiasm and like creativity. So um, you'll see in our formulas, like we have a mask. It's a brightening mask. There are a lot of brightening masks on the market. We focus on mandelic acid because there are so many studies that speak to how beneficial mandelic acid is to deeper skin tones, 
into concerns that are unique to us, like mm-hmm. razor bumps and breakout prone skin and oiliness. And yeah, it was just really exciting to work, you know, with chemists that were yeah. excited and got it and were like, um, you know, and created really beautiful yeah, products. And, and were there to listen and like wanted to create your vision, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So throughout all of this, how did you set yourself up to like feel supported through everything? Because this can be like a big taken on, you know? So uh, what support system did yeah. you have and how did you make sure that, you know, you could do this, that you could really do this long-term? Um, That is a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked <laughs> that question. Um, like people ask you, how did you save or prepare, but like not how did you feel supported? I think at the core, I um, by the time I launched Hyper, I, I've been married for years, but I have two yeah. small children. And I think that it was really important that I had um, my husband's whole yeah. blessing. Um, we both come from very humble backgrounds. And so changing careers, you realize that it's it's not just you that's jumping off the ladder. You're jumping your whole mm-hmm. family off of a path of growth that you've both committed to working towards. So it was really important that he like yeah. was in it. And um, I think he was a little scared at first. He's definitely like a very like, you know, he's the stability in our relationship. Yeah. Thank God for it. We, someone <laughs> needs to be the adult, right? And so, um, but I recall I was going back and forth um, on if I should take like a marketing job at some, you know, amazing beauty company or um, start this brand. And my husband, who's very safe and who I didn't know if he was like really into me starting a second beauty business. He was like, I will always invest in you before any other bet. Mm. And I was like, say less. <laughs> say less. I'm going to take this, um, this you know, significant amount of money and I'm going to get a, like our first yeah. product, um, which was our Dark Spot Serum, our Hyper Even Dark Spot Serum. And that sort of outperforms anything I could have expected yeah. um, from a singular product and a small indie brand. So you started but, with um, one so product. My- Okay. I started with one product and I guess my, my answer to the question was, it was important for me to get the support at home. I think expanding on that, I'm lucky to have a group of friends that have sort of followed their yeah. dreams in different ways. So I've seen different stories of success and, you know, sometimes it takes, it takes detouring. So, um, and especially I think as women, you know, with balancing and not to, generalize, but I think balancing family and thinking about like what you want that to look like. Sometimes it takes, you know, a step, taking a step back and and maybe taking some detours. And I have been fortunate enough to be surrounded by amazing women that have had stories like mine of of detours. And I felt supported in seeing seeing them win. I was like, I'm gonna get yeah well you know look at at the end of the day it's it's proof, right? Like it's it's proof that yeah this is possible. Like it's it's all your brain needs really. Like it's like if you if you see that yeah yeah, you need to see it to say no this is yeah you can you can transition from law or you know banking or etc into something that you're passionate about and build that and, and sort of support yourself in the same way that you would have. And that's yeah. been my goal. Um, and so, um, but yes, yeah, seeing yeah. it really helps. So you spoke about how, you know, the chemist you were working with was very excited about, you know, f- centering 
women of color, people with darker skin tones, all of that. Did you find that sort of enthusiasm from all the people you encountered throughout this journey? Or how has that been as not only a, a woman of color founder, but someone who's creating a product for women of color? You know, um, you, the landscape is is qu- always quickly yeah. changing. So we launched, we did like a marketing launch in, in late 2019, like holiday with sending out to editors, et cetera. And then we launched January 2020. And I think at the time, I don't know that there was this like thirst for, I think our customers were excited from day one. Auditors were excited. The customers were excited. And we had a very strong launch. But then came the pandemic, Mm -hmm. which I think created an interesting opportunity to, you know, for like a balancing almost because we were online with other people who would have had other ways to get in front of people, but they had to get back to online Mm -hmm. just like us. And so that was great. Um, But then, you know, that first summer of our business was June 2020, when unfortunately our country was, you know, eyes open to um, racial disparities, et cetera. And I think it meant that some of our core partners today were really evaluating like where, what they offered to, um, you know, their black and brown communities, so their multicultural audience. And so would that have been the same without that summer? And would, would the appreciation be the same? Mm -hmm. I'll never know, but I do know that it was very like abrupt, um, a bit too (laughs) abrupt as as a, as a small business, because, um, it meant that there were a lot of opportunities coming at the time. I was a one woman show plus like yeah, I was gonna ask. I was like, "What? What? Yeah." It was very, very under supported, and very like aggressive in terms of opportunities that that came in the door. So it meant that I had to be yeah. really discerning. Um, but our audience got it from day one. Like, I don't think I have to explain to a person, you know, a person of color, like hyperpigmentation. Yeah. Like, I say what it is. Our customer got it, and I think that was the beauty of the simplicity mm-hmm. of our brand. And I hope, and I think that will always be the beauty of it is that it's a very, if you know, you know, kind of brand. Like I don't have to explain why this is important to you and why you need this and if you need it, but it was sort of the other parties that whose eyes were open and, you know, open to different extents because there are different types of that period. You know, there was a lot of expressed interest and it was great. Some opportunities were great for business and some I realized were of that moment. And so, um, but We've built a few amazing partnerships from that moment that I'm right, right, for. yeah, yeah. So, I'd love to dive into sort of the growth that has happened since then. You're in Sephora mm-hmm. now, which is I'm in Sephora. Amazing! <laughs> it's it's yeah. I'm so excited about that partnership. Our girl, our customer is a Sephora yeah. customer. Like she you know, knows ingredients, she reads the reviews, she, um, you know, so it was such an amazing partnership. And um, it's, it's, it's been very great. They've grown amazing yeah. brands. And so as a smaller indie brand, um, to be in that, in that space, I feel very like supported. It's been Yeah, really yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, when was the moment that like throughout like these past couple of years, when was that moment where you were like, holy crap, like this is happening. Like this is, this, this is working. 
It's so funny. I think, um, so I mentioned not having much of a team our first year. We still have a small team. We have a handful of, of, I have a handful of brilliant women that, that work with hyper skin women at the the moment. Um, and I think because of them, I am always sort of sitting back to celebrate like the wins because it's so easy for me to be on to the next thing. But when you have other people pouring themselves into your business that, you know, it's like, you have to make sure you celebrate them, you know? So, you know, we just had an event, I guess it was a month ago now, but a few weeks ago we had an event and it was a small like breakfast event, facials, and we had our influencers come in and it was really wonderful, great energy, great vibes, great content. And for me, I was, you know, the event ended at noon. I was on sure. to the next, you know, how many, what called. And I remember, I realized like my team worked their asses off for this. Like, you know, someone was making graphics and a newspaper was made and my social media person was on and, yeah. you know, like it was not, it didn't just come together. And so I had to sit back and like, make sure I thank everyone here for their, their contribution. And so I think that's what keeps me focused on celebrating because I, it, otherwise it's really hard. You're just focusing on like what you need yeah. to do next. We're in Sephora. How can we get people to uh-huh. come into Sephora? Because if they don't come yeah. in, then that, you know, they need to know where they are. There are like hundreds of other brands at Sephora. So I think it's easy to get folk like to, to um, think about what you need to do next. But I think other, the other people on our team make me focus on like celebrating yeah. wins. Yeah. And taking that time to pause. Yeah. yeah. Because it is, it's like, yeah. I think like with your, with a background that's similar to yours, who's like a leader, a go-getter, like doing the thing. It's like, we're kind of trained to be like, what's the next thing? What's the next? Thing? Yeah. What's next? Yeah. Cause yeah. we have, we have to, you know, it's just, that's, that's how it is. It's like, what is the next thing? Because that's what people are expecting is, is the next thing, you know? Exactly. So it, it is important to yeah. like pull back and be like, okay, like wh- th- thank goodness. Like this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Kind of on the heels yeah. of what you mentioned at the, to- the top of everything, you were talking a little bit about like how it's important to you to really have that time with your family and, and all that kind of stuff. And how have you been able to like set boundaries around, you know, the work you're doing, but also be able to be present? I mean, I think in a way that's, that's kind of the point, right. Of like starting your own thing is to be able to have freedoms in other ways. Um, So how how have you been able to do all of that? Yeah, it's hard. I think people, I hate when people make it seem like, you know, I work for myself, so I have my own schedule. Right. Right. Because you don't like, you have the schedule of everyone that that supports yeah. what you're doing, and if we're in Sephora, that means that you know now I'm working on their schedule and I'm sure. working on the schedule of my manufacturer and all of these people um, who who make Hyper happen and grow. But I do think that um, I'm able to express what's mm. important to me, and so for me that means you know our team knows that unless i have an event there are certain there are certain hours that are blocked out now i may come back online afterwards because work doesn't stop but work mm. pauses for like bedtime dinner yeah. time etc right um obviously when things are blowing up or travel you know i have to travel then that isn't the case but there are times where i realize if you make this known people mm. respect it and 
So, so I think it's just like little things like that. So my team, you know, knows when I start the day and I, no one's really bothering you in the morning. Like no one's really fighting to start earlier. <laughs> yeah. So like dropping my in the morning, I don't have to worry about too much going on unless something exploded. But I think it's that, you know, that sort of bedtime hour when like the West Coast is still mm-hmm. working, you know, um, is for me, like one of the more notable things that I've carved out. And I realized like people realize, people mm. know this, they, they, they see it, they know it. Um, but yeah. And then also it's just a realization that sometimes life is moving and, and even those carve outs you have to be yeah. flexible about. And my kids are, you know, they're small. They're like yeah. four and six, but they still understand the yeah. hyper. Um, and they understand that, um, like, okay, today isn't today is going to be a little different. Like, I you know, speak to them, and and they understand that, like, sometimes business there's something going on. Um, so it's really about everyone knowing what the priority is, but also you know being flexible because nothing is perfect yeah. or linear or like balanced the way, <laughs> the way like it. People yeah, like yeah, one hundred percent, and and yeah. and it's important yeah. to talk about it in a nuanced way because it, it isn't black and white, you know. It yeah. isn't just like oh, yeah. I totally just do it this way or totally dive in that way. Like it, it's nuanced and it's flexible and it's nuanced and it's honestly very messy. Yeah. Like, and I think um, my team, I think we <laughs> jokes with me about it because they they posted a video. <laughs> it was so funny. My son was um, in the background one day. I was on a a Zoom yeah. call with them, and he was just going crazy. <laughs> and I was trying, I was trying to like, you know, you want to like this. I want to give you my attention. I want the background to be clean. I want to hear yeah. you. And you no, know, there are just those moments when someone is jumping on your lap and etc. And sometimes you just have to own that. Like it can be a little messy if you know if it's family centered and if it's real. Yeah. It, so, yeah, 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 absolutely. And and you set the tone. Like you're, you're, yeah. you're at the center yeah. of that. And it's like, yeah. And I think that's important too. Like when I first started working with a couple of people on my team, they'd say, I'm sorry, my dog's barking. <laughs> like why? Your dog is a dog. Like your dog is a dog. The delivery person's going to deliver yeah. your lunch. Um, I, you know, my kid, my, my kid is, I usually actually don't work from home because I, I, I yeah. can't focus, um, don't like to sort of be wearing two hats. So I like to actually go to the office and then come home. But, you know, sometimes you are home with a child and you do set the tone for like, just like normalcy yep. and, and, and just like, you know, living in a lived in home, like working from I think that like yeah. more and more women founders are are doing that and, and showing that like, hey, we're real people <laughs> like with, with multiple yeah. things yeah. and it's fine. And we don't have to be in like yeah. these robots, you know, that is unrealistic so yeah so i want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the docuseries that's coming out oh oh my gosh i think you're the first person that i'm oh my god i'm so privileged thank you (laughs) i'm like whispering like oh my goodness so super exciting opportunity um I was it very like everything is mm-hmm. is fast moving, and I think that's the, the hardest part of of this founder yeah. world to me. Um, um, was tapped to film a docu series um, produced by Sephora. Wow. Um, and it's NBC, and it is about um, Latina beauty founders and that connection between um, culture and their mm. brands. And for me, that was an interesting one because. I'm Black American, I'm Puerto Rican, 
And, you know, as a dark skinned, like kinky haired woman, I have obviously never had to have a conversation about Mm -hmm. my blackness. But I think the, you know, leaning into and speaking about being Puerto Rican and like, you know, my experience um, and how that pours into the multicultural brand that I'm creating, like what multiculturalism Mm -hmm. means to me based on like what my dining table looks like, based on what my, you know, Sunday afternoon looks like. It it was like a really beautiful and interesting um, experience. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. It, um, airs on November, like okay. November 15th. Amazing. Um, on Peacock. on Peacock. Okay. So yeah. And it's, really, it's a, like a full episode. The other, um, I think there are three or four brands and there's an episode for each brand. So there's one for Hyperskin, and it's really about the business, about my background, about the tie between culture and hyper yeah. and, and, um, so yeah. much more. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was really interesting for me because I have always shown up in the world as a black woman, but I've not always leaned into showing up in the world as a Latina because I've questioned whether that was like my hat to wear, um, different times. And, um, yeah, so it's, 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 it was a really, it was a great, like deep, um, look into culture and Afro Latinidad and and all of that. So I, I think it will. I think the story will be appreciated by many people if you love yeah. beauty. Um, but if you love culture, if you're a Latina, or you know, I think in, for so many people, if you're a Black woman, I I just think it it's going to be a really beautiful yeah. show. So I'm just happy to be able to like lit, like have a place to tell. Um, my story, but also just to like be a part of like such a beautiful storytelling because the other, the other brands obviously have very different mm-hmm. experiences um, as Latinas. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see. That, how that is comes so together. exciting. I'm, I'm really, really pumped to, yeah. to, to see that. And I think it's, um, yeah. it's actually really important to mention that you felt like, oh, I wasn't, I haven't always been able to lean into that part of myself because I think a lot of people who are multicultural and come from, you know, two different backgrounds or whatever the case is, it's like, it is always that kind of like battle of like which one, but oftentimes it's like whatever people perceive you as is almost like the hat you wear, if that makes sense. Like it's, it's it's always the easiest hat, right? Because there's best, I think, um, you know, I think about college, for example, that was the first time for me when there were like, you know, mm-hmm. social groups, you know, the black students, the, I forgot we had a group called Salsa that was like Latina oh, student okay. organization or, or, or line, yeah. something like that. And I remember just, um, I felt like I was, had to sort of prove like, why was mm. I in that room? You know, oh, who your mother, or your father, you speak Spanish? When did you last go to Puerto Rico? Like all of that, you know? And I, I, I think at some times, unless it's my more intimate circle, um, I've resisted going into greater yeah. rooms and, and taking up space there. So it, it was very interesting to be sort of offered that opportunity and to, to like find my way of like taking mm. up space in that, in that storytelling. But I think I... I think it was like, a, I think it was like beautifully and genuinely yeah. done. So I'm excited to see how it turns out. Cause right now they're sure. like editing it and I'm just waiting, like <laughs> waiting to see, but I know, um, 
they're working with really beautiful stories as you know yeah and so yeah yeah that that's that's so great and it's a good conversation to have because I feel like it's a large portion of why I think there's so many issues within the Hispanic world and everything because of the like having to prove you know and and like the division Division, the I mean I've even experienced it as someone who's like born in the U.S. and I'm not like born you know from Puerto Rico or you know and it's like being being called white and you know and things like that and I'm like (laughs) but my literally like what I'm eating every day and my and the TV I'm watching at home every day like all of these things are so (laughs) Latino and like it's like and then you're being told other things and it's this like really like hard thing that you feel like you have to prove and you know and and I've heard it from so many people who don't speak Spanish that they that getting those comments of like oh well like you don't speak Spanish you know and it's like why are we nitpicking at our own group of people at what ties us at our cultural you know, tie, and, it's, yeah. and that and that yeah. and we don't realize that that's what's that's creating almost like an erasure of of our culture in a way right if we're like picking and choosing who is actually you know yeah so yeah. I I think that's beautiful and I think that's amazing that you were able to really like own it and like stand in that and all that kind of stuff. So I'm pumped yeah. and I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> I'm excited. Very excited. I will let you know. It's November yeah. 15th, but yeah, excited. amazing. Yeah. So let's start to wrap up. <laughs> I want to learn a little bit about like your top three pieces of advice for anyone Ooh. who, this can be anything from someone who wants to pursue, you know, be- a career in beauty to start their own brand or someone who's mm-hmm. thinking about transitioning into something else? Yeah, I think maybe this is, I'll keep okay. it very broad. Anyone that's thinking of transitioning, for me, I thought, I found it very helpful to think about, I'm, I'm making this dramatic jump. What do I want my life yeah. to look like? Like what aspects of this career do I not mm-hmm. want to bring into my that's next good. life? Um, because I think it helps to narrow things down. And then I think that combined with some real conversations um, and, and, you know, help you to make certain that you're not jumping into something that is similar, right. you know? Um, because for me, I knew I didn't want certain aspects of like being locked to an office. I didn't want to feel like um, I had to like always look like I was busy. I didn't mind the actual work of, of being a lawyer though. And I'm glad that that wasn't one of the things I was running away from because I certainly worked sure. the same amount of hours as a founder, you know? And so, and talk to any founder and no one is working no. light hours. <laughs> and so I use that as an example of like, what, what are you running away from? Because just make sure that on the other side, it, it truly looks different. Um, I think um, that's my first thing about just transitioning in general. If someone is transitioning into beauty, I think it's really important to lean into like what you truly have to offer and where in you want to create a beauty brand or product or platform or what have you, like what is it that you want to offer? Um, Because I have had, you know, lived on multiple sides of the beauty industry. And I think it's been helpful to know, um, especially as your business grows, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to contribute to it? Because 
for many people, when you start a business, right. you're doing everything. But as you grow, you're doing less and less. And so like, where do you want to be? Are you, do you want to be product development? Do you want to lead the story at right. all times? Um, do you want to be the face of a brand. You can start being the, f- because if you want to start being the face of a brand, you can do that. You can start building that right. platform now. And so, yeah, I think what part of beauty is drawing you in, I think is really important because I think that those things lead to very different opportunities and options. And then I think if I had to add a third, and perhaps this is for someone a couple of years along, um, unless, you know, they have, you know, more significant funding at the end. One of the biggest lessons I think I learned as a lawyer is to know where you specialize, know what you know, and, and know when to call someone else. When you don't. That's good that for anyone, so I think. <laughs> anyone. It's good for anyone, but I do think as founders, it's hard to um it's hard to start hiring. Right. It's hard to know when you need to say hire an operations manager or a finance person, a um, this, that, or the other. But I, I think it's really important to start mm. from the beginning in acknowledging this is not yeah. my strong suit. So as soon as I can, right. I'm outsourcing. X, Y, and Z. Um, and so I, and I think that's something like as a lawyer, you always know your specialty and you know, when someone, for me, it was like, you start talking about the tax code. Yeah. I don't know the tax code. Like, let me call a tax attorney. Oh, IP. Oh, that is in fact, yeah. a word I don't, like I, my, you know, colleague before you even, you know, finish the word property. And so I think that has been really yeah. helpful, um, as a founder to say like, this is not, um, this is not where I should be spending mm-hmm. my time and it's, it's more valuable, which I think is linked to the second. Yeah, tip, no, but, um, that's, that's wonderful yeah. advice, I think. And like, I think that last piece, yeah. like I said, like, I think anyone can benefit from that. Cause I, I, I talk a lot about that too, where I'm yeah. like, even in your normal life, like when you're like, Hmm, like I need to start therapy or I need to hire mm-hmm. a personal trainer because yeah. I don't know how to do this. Like, you know, like, exactly. it's, it's like, exactly. it's like, cleaning. Exactly. Like if you work better in a clean home and you don't do it well, then perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you should somehow find right. a way to prioritize how you yeah. can enforce that. Obviously that doesn't apply to everyone, but to the extent yeah. it can, I think that that is like yeah. very yeah. valuable. That's a huge, um, yeah. Rachel Rogers, do you know Rachel Rogers? Yeah. That's a huge <laughs> thing for her. She, so she, she wrote this book called We Should All Be Millionaires and, um, she's, she's a mm-hmm. black woman and she, I love everything she talks about because a lot of it is centered around, you know, women of color gaining wealth and being able to, because it's important to be able to make change because if more of us, you know, are wealthy, more of us can pour into things that are important. But one of her like top things is like outsource the things you don't like start, like hire a personal assistant for five hours if you can and like you know the she she has she talks about how like her her clients she'll say like the first thing she'll tell them is like drop drop your laundry off like pay to drop your laundry off like you know things like that those little things yeah yeah completely completely anything that allows you to focus on the things that are important to you and that like you said it's for me it's in business but it's also at home like do I want to spend I've worked all week maybe have traveled do I want to spend Saturday morning? Yeah, you know, doing some task when I can. Yeah, the yeah, exactly, like, exactly. No, yeah, and advice. yeah, that's yeah. that's great. Okay, so last question: 
who is your okay. favorite life curious woman? So it could be a personal person. It could be historical. It could be someone famous. Mm-hmm. Whoever you think that like embodies that like life curious vibe, I guess. <laughs> it's hard because I feel like I don't have one woman crush. I just have like the longest yeah. list of. <laughs> All right. You can give, of, like, you can give me more, more than one then. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, okay, um, my life curious crush, it, you know what, this is hard to answer because I think the women that I crush on most, like the hardest are in my mm. core circle, you know? And so I I, I see like how they yeah. balance things. But thinking of, you know, there are so many women that I think I crush on in in, in business, yeah. you know, Nancy Twine, I mentioned like launching a business yeah. Um and be really inspired by where people were starting. And so I'll say someone like mm-hmm. Nancy Twine is, is very inspiring mm-hmm. as someone with, you know, years ahead of me and, and watching how she's like navigating this next phase of business. I think in entertainment, um, watching people like make their own rules, someone like Tracy yep. Ellis Ross, who is in beauty, but also in, in um, entertainment, but also has like owned, you know, being like child free and being fabulous and being healthy. Yeah. Um, is really, really amazing to me. But then there's some women like a girlfriend of yeah. mine. Um, I have a girlfriend named Camilla who was a partner at a yeah. law firm and like makes it to Pilates every Friday and um, just has like taken my view of like law firm life and what it looked like when I was in that world and said, no, I'm thriving at this like global law firm as a black woman and I'm doing it in a way that feels balanced to me. So I think it's a hard question to answer because I pull every day from like so many different women um, that I don't know, but really I pull from the women that I do. Yeah. Um, That's beautiful. And I love that answer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with me. I'm just so grateful to have your time and to get a sort of step-by-step journey of like your story because you really do embody a life curious woman in my eyes and and I am just so uh, honored to have been able to share all of this with you so thank you (laughs) thank you I really love this conversation thanks for inviting me absolutely how can people stay connected with you and and hyperskin and all the things that are coming because I'm sure a lot is coming. Yeah, there's a lot coming. Um, So Hyperskin's easy. That's at Hyperskin. But um, definitely follow along with me as well. I'm at Desiree.Verdejo, V-E-R-D-E-J-O. And I'm excited um, for you to follow along because that's what I'll be talking about. Yes. The docuseries that's launching. So yeah, so follow along. Thank you so much, Desiree. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Life Curious Women. If you'd like to stay connected, make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player platform. We are consistently growing the show. And if you'd like to help in that, take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and review. It helps boost the podcast and show new listeners what you love about the podcast so that they will listen in too. If you think someone could benefit from this episode, make sure to share it with them or share it on social media and make sure to tag us at Life Curious Women. And lastly, one of the best ways you can stay connected is by signing up for our newsletter so that you get information on new episodes, updates with Life Curious Women events, and lastly, any updates with the Life Curious Women membership coming soon. 
Thank you for listening. And as always, stay life curious. Thank you.